to Hebrews chapter number 6. Hebrews chapter number 6 and we are going to read from verse number 10 through to verse number 20. Hebrews chapter 6 verse number 10 through to verse number 20. For God is not unjust to forget your work and the labor of love which you have shown towards his name in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. Amen. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end that you do not become sluggish but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. God's infallible purpose is Christ. For when God made a promise to Abraham because he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely, blessing I will bless you, and multiplying I will multiply you. So after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. For men indeed swear by a greater, by the greater, and an oath for confirmation is for them an end in all disputes. Thus God determined to show more abundantly to the heirs of the promise the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by oath, that by Two immutable things, which is, it is impossible for God to lie. We might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope set before us. This hope we have as an anchor for the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters the presence behind the veil, where the forerunner, has entered for us, even Jesus, having become his high priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. Hallelujah. Amen. I want us to read verse 1 together. Verse 10, sorry, verse 10 together. Just the first verse together. Ready, go. For God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown towards his name in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. Amen. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. I want us to read it all together, disturbing everybody but yourself. Can you manage that? So 1 Corinthians chapter 15, we are going to read verse 58. 58, not 38, 5, 8. Ready, go. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Let's read, read it again as loud as you can. Ready, go. Amen. Last week, we started talking about your labor not being in vain. I gave a topic, your labor in the Lord or your labor in God shall be rewarded. Amen. Your labor in God shall be rewarded. Hallelujah. And 
Paul takes pains, or the writer of Hebrews takes pains to to write from uh, in, in, in Hebrews chapter 6 that God is not unjust to forget your work. God is not unjust to forget your work and your labor of, of love, which you have shown towards the name of God, which means that anything you have done in the name of God, God is not unjust to forget. As you have given food to the homeless, God will not forget. As you have given shelter to people that needed shelter in the name of God, God will not forget. As you have given money to those who don't have money, I want to assure you that God will not forget. Your labor of love to, to the name of God, he will not forget. You know, anytime we come to church and we, we take money from our, our wallet, our purses, and we drop in the offering bag, it is to go to provide heat. To go to provide all the things we provide. Not for just us, but for those who will come. And we are doing it in the name of God. Amen. And, 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 the, and the writer of the Hebrews is saying that, listen, God is not unjust to forget. Men may forget. In fact, men always do forget. How many have done some things for some good thing deeds for some people and they forgot? It's a very natural thing that men will forget forget. But this the writer of Hebrews is saying that listen, know this that God is not unjust. God never forgets. So Jesus was saying that listen, try and and build build for yourself wealth in the kingdom of heaven. Where no moth or rust can devour. Amen. And he was saying that, how do you build your treasures in heaven? How do you deposit into the kingdom of God account? You don't deposit by, by putting money in a, in a bank. But you deposit by giving to the poor. You deposit by giving to the homeless. You deposit by giving to the needy. You deposit by doing benevolent things in the name of, of God. And as you do that for these little feeble ones, you are doing it for me. That's what Jesus said. You are doing it for God. Amen. I was saying to you last week that in, in, in 1 Corinthians 15, the whole background to that uh, chapter was because people had risen up in the church and were saying that there is no resurrection and that there's no need for us to work hard in the name of God. Because life is about here and now. When you die, that's it. Everything's finished. And anytime there is no hope of the hereafter, we become selfish. Hallelujah. How many will agree with me? Anytime that you know that there is no uh, hope in reward, you will stop working. If, have you not realized that people who write, who do courses without exams, they don't learn as much and as hard. How many understand what I'm saying? Because nobody's going to test you. So it's like half of the time the assignment to get people to write it for you. So you see, you, you finish and not even have any proficiency in the uh, course you have done. Because it was done, there was no testing. So the effort was minimal. 
But if you are right doing a course where there is so much testing all the time, you have to learn all the time. You have to give yourself all the time. In the same way, I, I came to tell us that as Christians, our deeds will be tested. Amen. Amen. The Bible says that the fire will try it. Time will try it. Anything we say will be tried. And if our deed is consumed in fire, then there will be great loss. Amen. If our deed is consumed, then there will be great loss. But if our deed stands the, the test of time, then it becomes very precious. How many know that gold becomes better with fire? Becomes purer with fire. That is how the deed that we do for God, in the name of God, that is how fire tries it. Time will try it. Amen. You say you love the Lord, time will try it. You say you love the church, time will try it. Amen. So we started talking about this labor, this labor that we are talking about. What is this type of labor? And I said to you the few characteristics of the, of the labor of, of, that we must do for the name of God. This labor is, is number one we said was what? The labor that we are doing is not what is going to buy our salvation. How many remember? We said the labor is not, we don't work because we want to go to heaven. Heaven is not by work. Heaven is by grace. It is by grace that we are saved through faith in his name. Not of works, lest any man should boast. So it is not by the works that we qualify. But you see, we work to show that we have faith. And I said to you in, in James chapter 2 verse 17, it's like the work that we do qualifies and shows our faith. James chapter 2 verse 17 says that thus also faith itself if it does not have works is dead. But when faith is, is uh, backed by work then it becomes strong. We do what we are doing because we have the hope that one day when the rewarder comes he will reward us. Amen. We give because when the rewarder comes he will reward us. We serve because when the rewarder comes, he will reward us. We do all that we do because there is a reward. Amen. Students learn because they know that when they pass the exam, there is a reward. There is promotion. You qualify to be a, a doctor when you pass the medical exam. That's what qualifies you. Amen. There was a sister in this church. She did the medical exam. The last, as a few of the exams, she failed. The last exam she did, she, she failed. Then she came to join the church. And she was very afraid that she had done it twice. The third time, if you fail, then you are disqualified. You won't be a doctor. Because if you have failed so many times, we don't trust that <laughs> you look after human beings well. So I was having a conversation with her. And she was saying that I am afraid. Because this is the last, my last opportunity to go through pass. Amen. And by the grace of God, she wrote the exams. And I remember where I was when she called me. And when she called, all she did was scream. She didn't say anything. She just screamed, screamed for like five minutes in my ear and put the phone down. And I knew exactly what it was. <laughs> because she was so excited that her labor has been rewarded. 
Amen. The second thing we talked about regarding labor was what? Sorry? Your labor is recorded. It's with God. Amen. Your labor is with God. It's a deposit in the house of God. God doesn't forget. It is with him. Number, number three. God knows your work. You see, don't try too hard to make people see what you are doing. Some people will only pray when they come to church and everybody's looking. They will not pray at home by themselves. Jesus was saying that, listen, when you are praying, don't be like the Pharisees because they love to stand in the public places and then they'll open their mouth and scream and say, Lord, they start praying. But when you, when you pray, go into your closet, lock your door and pray in your closet and the God that sees in secret will reward you openly. Amen. Because your work is with God. And he is not blind. He sees in secret and he rewards openly. Our good deeds are seen. There are some people who give in the church. There are some too who don't give. But there are members of this church. You can, if we are to look at the records of your giving, you haven't given more than 100 pounds since you started this church. And there are some people who have never been to this church. They don't come here. But every month, they send their, their, their offerings. Every month, they send their offerings. And they are doing it not to be seen. But they are doing it because they have an understanding that what I'm doing, I'm doing it for God. So nobody will see and say thank you, but God sees. Amen. Number three. Number four. God does not forget. You see, one day you'll be lying somewhere, sick. And God will come through. One day you'll be needing God's help. And he will come through. He will come through because he sees your labor. He does not forget. Amen. Next one. We labor for eternal things. Amen. What we are doing in church, coming to fix the church, coming to clean the church, going out to witness to people, going out to win souls, we are not doing it for temporary gains. We are not doing it so that we'll be promoted to a minister, we'll be promoted to elder, we'll be promoted to pastor. That is not why we do it. We are doing it for eternal rewards. Amen. We are doing it for eternal gains. Amen. And God will promote us eternally. Bible says that if you give a cup of water to a prophet in the name of the prophet, you get a prophet's reward. Because God is not unjust to forget. Next one. That's all. Okay. What number are we on? Next one is number six. The next one, our labor in God, our labor in, in the Lord is a labor which is rewardable. It all sounds the same, but they are not the same. 1 Corinthians 3.8, 
Now he that planted and he that watered are one. And every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. So you see, your reward is according to your own labor. So we don't get a, a congregational reward. We don't get a corporate reward. We get individual rewards. Because our labor is individualistic. Our labor is not corporate. Amen. We may all be singing in a choir, but we don't get a choir reward. We may all be ushering, but we don't get ashes reward. We get individual, because inside the ashes, there are ashes and there are ashes. Inside the singers, there are singers and there are singers. Inside the prayer team, there are prayer teams and there are pra- the Bible singers Epaphras. Sister Epaphras, a man who labors again and again. There were a lot of people praying. But the Bible says that Epaphras, the guy, it's a very good name to name your child. Epaphras was a man that labored. <laughs> Epaphras was a man that labored in prayer. What, what, what is saying that Epaphras came to church and all he did was he used to pray. Sometimes, I don't know whether, we don't have it in this church, but we used to have a, a, a team that was called, I used to call it the angel room. The angel room team, when they come to church, they don't come and sit where we are sitting. Just like we are, we are having service now. The angel room team will be in the basement praying. And they are praying for the people that have come to church. They are praying that Christ be formed in them. They are praying that the word will make a difference in their lives. They are praying that the needs that we came to church with, God will meet it. Because all of us sitting here, we have issues. How many have issues? We have needs. We have desires. So you see, the angel room team, they don't come to the service. They are in the basement praying that God will meet you at, the, at your point of need. Amen. Am I talking to somebody? Yeah, and their reward is not corporate. Because, you see, if I, if I say that from today, join the angel room, which means that when you come to church, you don't come and sit where everybody's sitting. You may not want to join that group. <laughs> Are you understanding what I'm saying? You may not want to join that group because it takes special people to join that particular group. The Epaphras group. Amen. So, your labor is reward individually. Hallelujah. Next one. Our labor in the Lord is a labor which is either accepted or rejected. It's acceptable or rejectable. Which means that some labors are rejected. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 9. Wherefore, we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. Amen. Because hypocritical labor is not accepted. Uh, um, this guy, uh, Paul describes it as men pleases. We do as eye service. He, he was saying that I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for the state, the, the state of the flock. Because all of them are selfish. 
if their work they are doing is a work that will be clapped for, they will do it. If there's no clapping involved, they will not do it. If people don't say, oh, thank you, sister, Brinkinston, for being so faithful. Have you not realized that when pastor is not in church, some people don't come to church. There are some people who, when pastor travels, they travel. Because they are coming to church is for pastor's benefit. How many understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It's for people to see. It's for pastor to see. There are some people like, you know, as uh, Eunice and uh, Francis are getting married, then they'll come to church every Sunday leading to their marriage. As soon as they get married, then they come once a blue moon. Are you with me? Because now the eye service is finished. But now they've, they've jumped the hurdle, so they don't need to be seen. And then when they have a child and they are waiting for baby dedication, then they start coming again. Who do you think you are fooling? We, therefore, we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be consistent in pleasing God. There are some people, when they are in, in town, they'll go to church. When they travel, they don't go to church. Because nobody will know they were not in church. But Paul is saying that I am consistent. Wherever I am, I labor. Wherever I am, I find myself to please God. It, when, when nobody's watching, I am pleasing God. When everybody's watching, I am pleasing God. You see, when you come to church, the way you talk, if it's not the same way you talk at home, then there's something wrong with you. The way you behave in church, if it is different from the way you behave at home, then there's something wrong with you. Hallelujah. The way you relate with people in church, if it's different from the way you relate to people at home, there is something wrong. You must be consistent. Whether present or absent, whether in public uh, domain or in private setting, you must be consistent. Where whatever you say must be consistent. We must know you for you, what you, who you are, wherever you are, always the same. Knowing that you are dealing with God, not with man. Amen. There are people who always pretend. People who always pretend. Always pretending. When people are looking, you are sister. Spiritual. Brother spiritual. Deaconess spiritual. Deacon spiritual. But when nobody's watching, then you are sister sledge. You are the slay queen. I'm not going to say that in the microphone. <laughs> it's good you didn't, you in particular, it's good you didn't hear. <laughs> Amen. Whether absent or present, be consistent. You know, some of us, when we go to your social media, we are confused. We are confused. We don't know whether you're a Christian or not. 
In fact, if by chance, I remember one day, one day I was, I, I, I can't remember this. I think it was the choir rehearsal. And a sister's phone was just lying there. And then I picked the phone. It was opened. And then I, I wasn't even, it wasn't intentional that I was going to open and go through the phone. You know, it was like, I was actually looking at the phone, whether it's iPhone or whatever it was. That was my intention. My, my, my intention was not to go in to see what it was. I was just looking at the phone. The sister dashed from the one side of the room. And she actually, she actually dove from where she was. Like, like a cat. All the way. And she snatched the thing from my hand. And she said, please, pastor. I was like, I was taken aback. So, so I said, no, bring your phone. I mean, she said, if you, if you push me, I will spoil the phone. I'd rather spoil the phone than give it to you. Not today. Not today. No, you can't. You cannot have this phone. Like joke, like joke. The, the, the lady started crying. Say, Pastor, if you push me, I'll spoil the phone. I'd rather break the phone than give it to you. Preach, Pastor, preach. There shall be phone inspection. Because the incriminating evidence that was on the phone. I can't handle that thing. <laughs> the way I see it will change for, for good. I, I promise you I was not being nosy. I was not investigating. See, I, have you got a phone? I, you see, I'm not a, a phone person. I don't like designer, designer type of phones. I'm not that type of person. I'm a very simple person. I like, so long as it's big enough for me to see, I am fine. And that's what I wanted to. I, I don't really care the make. You know, some people, if it is not the fruit that Eve bit, they don't like. <laughs> you understand? If it is not a half-bitten fruit, they don't like. Some people think it is not, uh, what do you call it? It hasn't got any fruit on it or it hasn't got a fish on it. They don't like Some people too, it has to come to a particular part of the world. Otherwise, they don't like Some people too don't mind the name. Don't mind where it comes from. It can come from Kuwait for all they care. Once it's working, they're happy. So when I see phone, I just want to see which one it, is it. So it's, it wasn't my intention to go through and see what is there. In fact, with me, when I see, I pretend I haven't seen. For instance, I know that some people are secretly beloved, those in their, each other, they are secretly dating each other, and they've told each other not to tell anybody, and they think we don't know. I've seen, but I, I'm behaving like I haven't seen it. Yeah, we know. We, we, we pretend like we don't know. Have you ever played hide and seek with a child before? 
How many have played hide and seek with a child before? You know, you playing a child with a three-year-old, a four-year-old, they'll go and hide by a wall like this, and they go. I'm counting one, two, three, four. Can you see me? Because they, their eyes are closed, they think that you can't see them. And so, you as an adult, you must pretend like you haven't seen. So you look everywhere. Where are you? Where are you? Because, but you know they are there. Otherwise, the game is sports. <laughs> so, uh, have you played with a child football? You start that you open your legs so that the child can score. And then it encourages the child that they are good. But you, you've seen everything. It's like, Listen, I've been doing this work for a very long time. <laughs> don't, don't sweat, don't sweat. It's okay. <laughs> all I'm saying, all I'm saying is that when it, there's darkness around it, cockroaches and mice will come and play around it. It's better to put the light on. So that all it to be plain and bare. You are safer that way. That's all I'm saying to it. <laughs> Some people are, are sweating. <laughs> okay. Please don't sweat. It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> What number bound? <laughs> number eight. Our labor in the Lord God does not have an end. We don't finish working. Luke chapter 10 verse 2. Luke chapter 10 verse 2. The Bible said, Therefore said he unto them, the harvest is truly great, but the laborers are few. Pray therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth more laborers into the harvest. The labor in the Lord requires present continuous labor. That is why the, the scripture we read in, in uh, Hebrews 6.10, it says that it's a continuous labor. It is not a labor that is once and for all. He says that for the, God is not unjust to forget your work or labor of love which you have shown towards his name in that you have ministered that's past to the saints and present continuous do minister. The word minister is work you have done. In that you have done and continue to do. You are always doing it. Because it never ends. Kindness never must never end. Goodness must never end. Being generous must never end. He said that in the morning sow your seed. In the evening don't forget to don't withhold your hand. Because you don't know which one is going to be a blessing. Be a present continuous doer of good things. And good deeds. Amen. It's very vital because you see, have you not realized that there are people, especially in this part of the world, they start doing good and then 
in the midstream, they get offended and they begin to stop doing good. I did good for Jessica. She never said, said thank you. In fact, she repaid me with evil. I did it for Cynthia. She never said thank you. She actually started gossiping about me. I did it for uh, uh, Martha. She also did the same thing. I have stopped doing good. I have resigned from doing good. Because goodness has an end. But I came to tell you, goodness has no end. It is present continuous. And so we must do it all the time. All the time. All the time. Are we going to, are there going to be ungrateful people? Yes. Are there going to be people who are forgetful? Yes. Are there going to be people who don't, who pay us with evil for the good we have done for, to them? Yes. But must that stop us from doing good? No. Keep doing. Because you are not doing it for them. You are doing it for them as unto the Lord. So it's for God you are doing. If they say thank you, hey ho. If they don't say thank you, it's not for them anyway. So they are saying thank you doesn't mean anything. Then Jesus said that if you give to those who, when you are broke, you can go and collect from them. What good or what benefit is it? But when you give to somebody who can never give you back, then obviously you are giving to God. Obviously you are deposited in your heavenly account. Because only God can reward it. Only God can pay you back. No man can pay you. Amen. Because as for man, they forget easily. How many of, you, of us sitting here, as I'm talking, somebody has done good for you and you forgot? You yourself. Now, as I'm talking, you remember that you forgot. You didn't, you didn't show appreciation. Yeah, yeah. It's a very natural thing. It's a very natural thing. And for us also uh, sitting here, there are some good we have done to, for people and they didn't remember. But I'm encouraging you that don't stop. I said don't stop. Keep doing the good. Keep doing the good. Knowing that your reward is is not with man, but your reward is with God. Hallelujah. And God is not unjust to forget. God will always remember. And God always repay. Because the Bible says, God does not owe any, doesn't like to owe. He doesn't owe. He pays. He's a rewarder. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. If you seek God, he'll reward you. If you serve him, he'll reward you. Hallelujah. So don't get, don't, don't be too quick to, to finish doing good. Let's talk about a few areas that of good that we must never forget to do. A few areas. Is that okay? Okay. Right. Number one. Number one, are you there? Okay. Our labor for our labor of love for God. The labor of love. First Thessalonians one thirteen. One three, sorry. First Thessalonians one three. Our labor for the Lord. Love. Remember, remembering without season your work of faith, labor of love, and patience of hope 
in the Lord Jesus Christ, in the sight of our God and Father. Amen. He remembers without season. He says that, remember without season your work of faith and labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ, in the sight of God and our Father. Amen. Let us always present continuous love God and love the things of God and love the people of God. Present continuous. Never ever be calculated of all the good you have done for God and the people of God. Because you see, when you keep piling up and remembering the good, it, it, it hampers you. It, it, it hinders you from doing more. I've done enough. I've given enough. I've given enough. I've given enough. The more you remember the good you have done for the church, the more you finish. The more you remember the amount of money you have sown in the church, the more you get towards the end. The more you remember the good you have done for people, the more you forget. But the Bible says in Galatians chapter 6, I think it's verse 11 or 12, he says that do good to all men, especially those of the household of faith. Is that, is that, where, is that scripture? I think it's either 11 or 13, one of those. 11, try 11. Look for it for me. It's, it's one of the verses down there in Galatians chapter 6. Where are my Bible scholars? Have you found it? Hey, these my people, they don't help me. Verse 9. Let us not grow tired in doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Amen. Let us not grow weary in well-doing. Verse 10. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those of the household of faith. Let us, one, don't get tired. Two, do good to all men, especially those of the household of faith. Never ever get tired of doing it. And never become somebody who's calculating. Uh, brother Cynthia over uh, brother Sam over there, brother Watermelon over there, sister Watermeliandra over here. I did this, I bought a shoe for this, I did this for that, I did this for that. Did this. You, you are about to finish, you are about to retire. You are about to finish the good you have done. But forget, you have done it, it's gone. It's gone. Do you remember all the, uh, what the bills you have paid? How many remember all the phone bills you have paid since nine, uh, two, 2005? How many remember? We tried to 
It's not something, it, it's, it's a bill, bills is part of our everyday stay. You pay your bills. So you pay, once it's paid, forget. Because next one is coming. Then you pay, then next one is coming. Then you pay, then next one is coming. Then you pay, then next one. Because it is not something you must keep account of. Because if it's something you keep, you're about to stop. Amen. In the same way, your labor of love in the house of God, you are going on evangelism, you are going on uh, uh, cleaning, you are going, you know, doing all those type of things. Never ever work it out. Uncle Fred, can you imagine that you are going to come and tell me everything you have done in this church? All the architectural work, the construction work, the electrical work, the plumbing work, the uh, transportation work, the cement work that you have done. I, I don't even know whether he's an electrician, he's a plumber, he's a, a, a construction work. I don't know which one it is because he does all. If he is coming to give us a breakdown of what he has done, believe you me, as a judge, we can't pay you. And you two are about to stop doing. You know, when I, I, I uh, on, on, on Wednesday, I said to him, Uncle Fred, can you see that the church is, the students have gone. So we have the skeleton of the church now left. And already looks like it's full. So can you imagine when we have about 120 students coming? Where are we going to put them? There's a, a gallery up here. All around. So we have to lift this false ceiling up so that we can start using the gallery. You know, so I was telling him that, Uncle Fred, you have to get on the job. You know, he has just finished one thing. And I haven't even said, oh, thank you. Thank you. We haven't had a celebratory meal. Thanksgiving. We haven't done that. And I'm telling you, and you see, this, all the things he does, if we're to go and hire somebody to do, we can't pay. We cannot pay. Do you understand what I'm saying? And if he was to tell us all the things he has done, he's about to finish doing them. Hallelujah. But it is something that is a present continuous. It's something you must always do. Others, you're about to finish doing it. Hallelujah. Let us look for opportunities to do. And see, when you're doing it, don't expect to thank you. I don't think I've ever done a Thanksgiving service for him. <laughs> no, I don't remember saying, oh, thank you for doing this, thank you for doing this. No, 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 no. Somebody came and said, so how much did it cost you to do all this? If we're going to quantify, we are in hundreds of thousands. Half of the time, he uses his own materials to do. So his labor and his material, he never comes to give any invoice. Yeah. And it's a present continuous thing. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Yeah. So let's also become present continuous doers of good. Amen. Present continuous doers of good. Number two. Number two. And then we are going home. Is that okay? Amen. Number two. 
Your labor of giving. Your labor of giving. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 28. Let him who stole steal no more, but rather let him labor working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give to he who has need. This labor of giving also extends to giving to the house of God. Amen. In Haggai chapter 1, let's go to Haggai chapter 1 verse 3. The word of the Lord came to Haggai the prophet saying, Is it time for ourselves to dwell in paneled houses and the temple of God lies in ruins? Now therefore, says the Lord, consider your ways. You have sown much and brought in little. You have eaten, but you did not have enough. You drank, but you did not get filled. You clothed yourself, but it was not warm. And he who earned wages, earned wages to put it into a bag of holes. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Go to the mountain, bring wood and build a temple that I may have pleasure in it and be glorified, says the Lord. You have looked for much, but indeed it came to little. And when you brought in, you brought it home, I blew it away. Why? Says the Lord of hosts, because my house that is in ruins, while every one of you runs to his own house. Therefore, the heavens above you withhold the dew and the earth withholds its fruit. For I have called for a drought in the land and the mountains and on the grain and on new wine and on oil and on whatever the ground brings forth on men and livestock on the labor of your hands. I have called a drought. Why? Because you have not given. Most times, the amount of or the measure of money we give in the house of God as compared to the measure of money we give to the restaurants as we give to the grocery as we give to our clothes shops is not comparable. How many understand what I'm saying? And see, when you come to church and we are talking about giving, immediately your antennas go up. Immediately offense, you become offend, offended. Immediately you, you, you begin to say, these people, these people, they, want, they like money. How many know what I'm talking about? You become very suspicious. But how many know that when you go to a restaurant, there's a place called gratuity? And they demand gratuity. It's, even it's not too much not too much demanded in this part of the world. But when you go to a place like America, it is mandatory. They add it to your, your, your food. Because you, ha- you are mandated to give tips. I've brought you water. I've served you. I've smiled at you. I've come five times to ask you, are you okay? Are you okay? Whilst you're eating, oh, everything okay? And you have finished eating, had a good experience. Now you are going, you won't give me a tip. It is demanded. And we don't have we are not offended by it. I, I was in South Africa, I was in a restaurant. I, I said, today I'm going to sit in this restaurant and eat by myself. And it's a particular meal that I had been I had missed for a long time. 
So I went to this particular shop, this particular restaurant, and I ordered this particular meal. And when they brought the meal, I said, mm, today, I don't want any disturbances. I want to sit in a place where it was away from where everybody is so that I can, I can be left alone. So before I ate the food, I took my phone and I took a picture. And I sent it to my wife. This is, this is the meal. <laughs> then I started. As soon as I started, this lady came. I'm the manager of the restaurant. Is everything okay? I said, it's fine. Thank you. Thank you. Is everything all right? Is your experience? I said, thank you. Thank you. It's okay. Is everything okay? Is everything all right? I said, I looked at her. Thank you. Are you okay? Is everything? Do you need anything? Do you? I was going to have But you see, all that was to tell you that when you are leaving, remember to put something down. But you see, when you go to a place like that, it is not, you don't think about these people are thieves. They want to take my money. Somebody said that when you go to a strip club, the strip club that the woman, the, 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 the dancer is dancing naked, naked with a tiny bikini and things. They are, do you think that they like you? That's why they are dancing. <laughs> do you think that you are so handsome? That's why they've come to you alone in front of you. They are doing all their things. No. You know that they are here because you have to put some money somewhere. And they also know. And it is not, we don't call them thieves. But it is given. <laughs> it's not a good example. I've been hanging around with my wife for too long these days. <laughs> so I have very bad examples. But, but, but it, is, it is expected and it's given. And it's okay. So when you're coming to the house of God, expect to give. Prepare to give and give and let it be okay. And give com com comparative. Present comparative. See, it, it is very, very uneasy for pastors to talk about money these days in the house of God. And the reason is because we have made money a taboo subject. Because as soon as you start talking, people think you're a thief. And people think that you are greedy. You want money. That's why you're talking about it. But you want stones. Do you know that take, taking these things up, I, I was telling him, we're going to take these things up. We are going to put, you know, like glass panel here. We are going to redesign and reshape all this place. It's going to cost about 70000 to redesign this place. Mark that against that five pounds and two pounds you drop in the offer. We don't have any other business. There's no, it's not an investment company. Those who were here before, there were no chairs here like that. It was all wooden pews. We had to take the wooden pews out. All these place things we had to redesign and do. It was over 70,000 to do all that. 
and we don't have any money from anywhere. So it's the five pounds, two pounds, three pounds, four pounds is what we have used to do all that. I've been pastoring this church since the beginning to now. I've never earned one pound as a salary from this church before. Are you understanding? And it's because all these things are necessary. We need to give to do all these things. Hallelujah. And so we must talk about money. And so we must be generous when we come to the house of God. Hallelujah. You see, I was telling telling a a pastor the other day that there's a reason why when you go to the, when you are passing, you know the roadside food place. When you go in to buy food, they charge you a certain amount of money. And then when you go and sit in a restaurant, proper restaurant, five-star restaurant, they, they, they charge you a certain amount of, of money. Meanwhile, the food is the same. The food is, is the same. The one on the roadside, the one in the restaurant is the same. Why do you pay more in the restaurant and pay less? Because you are paying for the ambience. You are paying for the atmosphere. You are paying for the service. You are paying for the, all the decor. And the serene atmosphere, you are paying for that. In the same way, if the church looks a certain roadside type, like when we come to the church, you, the, 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 what you receive is a roadside type of reception. Are you with me? And then what you will give is a roadside type of money. But when you come to a beautiful place with a nice decor, nice music, it must occur to you to give more. Because it takes a lot. You know, we are going to put a screen, a big screen all here so that people upstairs, downstairs can see and all those type of things. You know, we need, like they say, they need two or three cameras. They need mixing. They need different microphones. These people, they're always coming to me to bombard me with money. Uncle Fred is bombarding me with money to do things. These people are bombarding me with money to do and where is the money coming from? It's the same one pound, two pound. And when I come and stand here and I'm talking about money, then you squeeze your face. Because all you are about to give is one pound. Some of us will tend to conduct us when the offering bag is coming. Start conducting, you're conducting the usher away. <laughs> Hallelujah. But let's not be weary in giving. Let's not be weary. In giving. Give liberally. If this is your church and you believe in the church, give. Because the more you give, the more we can do more. Amen. Remember when we didn't have a camera? Somebody used to use their phone to take, uh, what is it called? Uh, Facebook Live with their phone. So one day they were doing that and somebody called them. <laughs> So everybody watching Facebook Live had to stop watching because they had received the call. (laughs) Uh, And we we gave to buy one camera. And now on average, every Sunday, about 500 people are watching. As I'm preaching, about 500 to 1,000 people are watching. And watch eventually. That experience will become better when there are different cameras. Amen. And all that does not come from anywhere, but from us. Our 10 pounds, our 5 pounds, our 100 pounds, our 200 pounds. That's what we put together and do all those things. So when you don't give, you are 
preventing us from doing better and making the, the, the experience in the church better. Hallelujah. How many would like, uh, like a proper air condition like a, that comes from heating from upstairs, coming down like proper air condition so that the temperature is controlled? Climate controlled room. How do you think it's a it's good a idea? Nice so that we don't use the heating, so that, that as soon as we come to a church, it doesn't matter what time of the day, immediately the atmosphere is nice. It's not because sometimes you come, it's very cold. We have to sit and wait for like an hour for the place to warm up. And as we take these things off, it's going to get colder. So now we need air conditioning. Air conditioning alone is about 30,000, 40,000. Because the people, they don't use tongues. <laughs> They don't use revelation. Are you understanding what I'm saying? You have to. We have one four panels heating. Uh, uh, what units of air conditioning? Industrial air conditioning? No, 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 no. Money on the left, goods on the right. We exchange. Stand to your feet.